Hey everyone, and welcome to Marvel Studios News. My name is Sean Gerber. I will be joined in a moment by my co-host, Paul Herman, for episode 81 of our show. It is our Deadpool 2 spoiler review, and of course, I said spoiler, so if you haven't seen the movie, please don't listen to the rest of the show until you have seen it. I know most of you have probably seen it because we're putting this show up a week after opening night, so odds are you've probably seen the movie, but if you haven't, there are some cool surprises that you wouldn't want to have spoiled, so please Please do wait until you see the film before you listen to the rest of this show. Now, before we get into the fun, I do have some programming notes I want to go over with all of you. But before I can even do that, I want to give a very special thank you to Daniel Ramsey, Jeremy Watson, Ben Larson, and Zachary Rogers Ladd. They are the latest patrons, our latest supporters over at patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News which means they get exclusive content that's not available anywhere else. So we do our main show that you're hearing right now that's available on iTunes, Google Play, whatever podcatcher you're using. But then we also have exclusive content on the Patreon, like our Patreon credit scenes. That's where we take an episode like this one, our Deadpool 2 spoiler review, and then we do an extra conversation. Anywhere, you could usually range from 20 to 30 minutes talking about some topics we didn't cover on the main show. So, for example, this week with the Deadpool 2 spoiler review, our Patreon credit scene features our conversation about how Deadpool can move from this film into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We also talk about X-Force and whether or not that film actually is going to happen before the Disney-Fox deal gets completed, if it gets completed, because we know Comcast is uh, is lingering out there. So anyway, we have all of that going on in the Patreon credit scenes, and we do that for all of these episodes, or almost all of these episodes, and they're available for just a dollar a month. I also host weekly Q&As with our patrons, and those are just $3 a month, and we have other exclusive content available depending on the tier that you choose. And probably the best part about it is that once you sign up and become one of our supporters, you get your own RSS link. It's a private link. It's just yours that you can put into uh, your podcatcher as long as it allows you to subscribe via RSS. And I know Apple Podcasts does, and I know a lot of other ones do as well. If you do that, then you get all of the content because I put these main shows over there too. So that way you get all of the main episodes plus all of the Patreon exclusives. You get everything in one feed so you don't have to go to two places to get all of your Marvel Studios news podcast content. And then, as I mentioned before, quick programming uh, note, the reason why we ended up doing two shows this week where we did the uh, our ep- our 80th episode where we talked about Jake Gyllenhaal playing Mysterio in Spider-Man and the Spider-Man Homecoming sequel and also Michael Keaton coming back and then also doing this Deadpool 2 spoiler review some of that was due to the urgency of the news with Jake Gyllenhaal but we also wanted to make sure that we covered uh but we also wanted to have extra content up there this week cuz it'll be a little bit before we get to another episode just because of Paul's in my uh, schedule for the next week or so. It's a little bit tight, so we wanted to give you some extra stuff now just to account for a little bit of a delay. But we will be recording our next episode uh, not too long from now. It's probably going to be maybe about a week and a half after you're hearing this, maybe a little bit less before you hear from us again on uh, on this main show. And then you'll hear uh, what we're planning to talk about. Granted, some other big shocking news could come out and and. Uh, preempt that. But right now, we're planning to have a conversation about the Eternals. We're going to talk about the Jack Kirby stuff. We're going to talk about the Neil Gaiman stuff. And we're going to talk about how 
that uh, how well that's going to fit or how it might fit into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So that's what's going to be coming up from us uh, on the podcast. So hopefully you get a chance to check that out. And if you do have, if you subscribe to Marvel Unlimited, and this is not sponsored, by the way, I don't get paid to talk about Marvel Unlimited, and I don't even get a discount on my own membership. But uh, if you do subscribe to Marvel Unlimited and you want to go ahead and read some of the stuff that we might be talking about, you can actually find uh, Jack Kirby's Eternals on there. If you just go search by series or just search by character, you can find Eternals. And you can actually, if you go browse and search by character and you hit Eternals, you'll see both the Jack Kirby run and the Neil, uh, the Neil Gaiman run. So you can read up on some of that or at least skim it so you have some idea of what we're talking about. But even if you don't get a chance to read it, don't worry about it. We're going to recap enough of it for you so that that way you'll know what it is we're talking about as we start translating things into what we might see in the MCU. And then in the meantime, make sure you, until uh, you hear from us again on the podcast, make sure you keep up with us at marvelstudiosnews.com, Facebook and Instagram at Marvel Studios News, and on Twitter at Marvel Newscast. So I'll shut up now. Let's go ahead and let's talk about Deadpool 2. Paul, Paul, can you hear me? <laughs> I was not expecting you to sing that. I'll bet you weren't. I anyway, so let's go ahead and do our spoiler review of, of Deadpool 2, Paul. Uh, so, and of course, I already mentioned this in the intro for everybody, but one last final spoiler warning. If you haven't seen Deadpool 2, get the out of here because we're not R-rated, so I'm going to bleep myself. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about this movie, Paul. So just uh, opening thoughts. You saw Deadpool 2 last night or the night before we were recording this episode. I saw it a few days ago. What'd you think? Uh, it's a it's a mixed bag, man. Like I, I'll be honest. Um, just going into the theater, I, I am not like – for people who remember the last show we did for Deadpool, mm -hmm. we both were not – we didn't hate it. We didn't love it. As far as I remember, I know for me, I didn't. That's how I felt, and I think you felt the same way as yeah, I did. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, go, you know, I just was not excited for this movie, um, and and not saying I wasn't going to see it because obviously I'm going to see it, but I just wasn't. Just nothing really was like eh, okay. The trailers I thought looked fine. They didn't look terrible. They didn't look amazing. I thought Brolin looked great as Cable. Um, I thought uh, I forgot what uh, Beats. I forgot her first yeah, name Zazie already. Beats. Zazie, whew. we'll talk about her in a second. Um, Zazie <laughs> looked good as Domino. And so I'm like, cool. I'm like, all right, Deadpool is going to be, you know, have some, a lot of one-liners. Okay. And break the fourth wall. It's cool, I guess. And, you know, and, and it was funny cause I hadn't, I didn't buy my ticket until we were recording the, our other show this week. And I'm like, I should probably buy my Deadpool two ticket. Cause I have no idea when I'm going to be able to see it. So I kind of, while we we're recording, I was like, well, I'll go see, I saw it by myself. Cause my, my wife is not a Deadpool fan. She thinks it has way too many dude bros there. And you know, I don't know if she's wrong necessarily. Probably not. So, yeah. But, uh, but anyway, so I, 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 but I, I also noticed one thing. It's really awesome to be a solo theater go theater goer on opening weekend because you have prime seating everywhere. There's always one seat in a great place. Yep. It's great. So I was like, perfect. Sat right in the middle where I like to sit. And I was like, cool, I'm set. And uh, yeah, I just kind of was like, okay, I got to go see Deadpool tonight. All right, let's just see what happens. Um, 
I I thought it was a mixed bag, and I thought that there was some good, there was some bad, and it was it was quite a. This is going to sound st- weird, but it was kind of a not a culture shock, but like it was kind of a shock to the system in, in the sense to where it wasn't quite what I expected. You know, I, the first one was really off the wall zany, in my opinion, and this one wasn't as much. I mean, there's off the wall stuff that happens, but I felt like it was more toned down. And one of the things I, I felt right off the bat and thinking about it. And I was like, you know, that could have been PG 13 very easily, like very, very easily. And they said the word, you know, the F word multiple times. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know, I know it's cool to say the F word. It's, it's really fun, but it just felt, it just, to me, it just felt really like the first one had like, you know, the sex scene and everything. And I was like, wow, yeah. they really, they went for it. Like I'll give them a lot of credit. They went for it. And it was, and yeah, there was a little vi- more violent for R rated, I guess, or R rated. But to me, it was like, it was weird. It felt like let's make it R rated, but they weren't really trying to make it R rated. It was weird. It just felt, it just felt weird. Like, Oh, we got to make sure we have a little more extra violence to get the R rating and say a couple F words. Mm-hmm. It, just, it just seemed, it just seemed weird. It just really stuck out to me. I'm like, wow, this wasn't really what I was expected what I expected it to be. Like I felt it was going to go even further and I'm not sure if that was good or bad if you would have told me that before, but it was just kind of, Whoa, this isn't as what I thought it was. Um, you know, I, I didn't think that it was, it was terrible, but just, I just left it thinking it was just, it was fine, you know? And I don't know. I thought the story was okay. And, you know, I saw someone complain, uh, online, uh, the other day. Yes. Surprise, surprise. No, but, <laughs> um, no, but it was, uh, he's on, a the comic book cast YouTube channel. I watched that a lot. Uh, and, uh, he had mentioned that there's no villain in, in, in Deadpool. And, I, and it was funny to think, I was like, you know, he's right. And, and I'm not sure if that's good or bad, but it was definitely, it was very noticeable. And I felt like that's, it made the ending very just kind of, just weird. It just seemed off. It just seemed like it wasn't what I expected. And I'm not sure. And I know for me as not a hardcore Deadpool fan, how I'm going to feel about that. Like, I know how I feel about that, but I'm not sure how other hardcore Deadpool fans are like, dude, bruh, Deadpool, bruh. Like all those people <laughs> like, are going to love this movie. Like that to me, that's, what, and I was, I was telling you uh, for people who were listening to the show, I was, me and Sean were talking right before we recorded. And I said, I'm more, fascinated of the reaction of this movie when when all everyone sees this you know all the hardcore deadpool fans and seeing exactly you know what they maybe they'll get what they want they'll, they'll see deadpool making a bunch of sex jokes and you know and, and bloody and they'll be like you know bloody violence and say oh we're good and maybe that's all it needs to be i don't mm-hmm. know but to me it just felt very just not what i expected just different i'm not sure how you if you felt the same way or not i'm not sure I actually liked this a lot more than I liked the first one. Uh, you know, yeah, the first one for me was not what it was for most other people. I liked it, but I didn't come out of that film loving it. I just thought, okay, it's a paint-by-numbers origin story with some F-bombs and a really funny opening credit montage and a really funny sex montage. And then that was mostly it for me with the first Deadpool. In fact, I thought most of it had done the thing that I hate when comedies do, which is all the funniest parts of this or most of the funniest parts of this movie I already saw, whether it was at the in the footage they showed at Comic-Con the year before 
or uh, uh, or in like the trailers, the TV spots, and so that was where it was a little disappointing to me. But I've liked the trailers so far for Deadpool too. So I went into the screening. I went on Monday night, and I was pretty excited. I I mean I wasn't as excited as like you know Infinity War. Let's keep it in perspective here. But I was pretty excited, more excited than I would have been. Just going into just going into another Deadpool movie after the first one, which is not to say I didn't like it. I liked the first one, but uh, you know, it was for for me. It was just more like, yeah, I liked it, and we're moving on, as opposed to something I really loved and wanted to keep going back to over and over and over again. Which is not to say I, I, I mean, I only saw it once in the theater, but then I got the I did end up buying the Blu-ray because sometimes I'm a sucker and I still buy movies even if I don't absolutely <laughs> love them, especially if they're superhero movies. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I've caught it on like HBO once or twice, so mm-hmm. I've seen it a few times, and I've just I've always I've always wanted to like it more and wanted to feel like uh, wanted to <laughs> have the feeling that that like everybody Enjoy the else fun. Had. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same. Wanted, I've I, tried. I've tried. Yeah, I've really tried, but it just never quite it, it never quite got there for me. And so with Deadpool two though. I really liked it. And so I, I went in with my, even though I was excited, I had my expectations in check because I was a little let down by the first one. But this was more of what I wanted the first Deadpool movie to be because I felt like this one had more of the jokes that I wanted in there. Not the crude, like, yeah, the baby leg thing, whatever, but like, you know, the, and the F-bombs and all that other stuff. Like, I don't care. I think that's funny. And this is not for me to say, like, oh, I don't like the F-word. I love the F-word. I use it regularly. So. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm aware. Yeah. I'm a big fan. <laughs> big fan. But uh, I just don't. But, like, to me, like, that's not. You, you're not automatically funny because you use it. So, you know, you have to. It's all about how you use it. But. Uh, but anyway, those aren't the kind of jokes that I because I can you can get those jokes from anything. You don't need Deadpool to give you that kind of humor. You can get that anywhere. There's ton, there's there are usually multiple raunch comedies every single year. Not always good ones, but at least there's multiple comedies that make the attempt. I want Deadpool for the in jokes, like the more meta, breaking the fourth wall really kind of being irreverent and and offering some parody and satire within this broader superhero genre. And I don't think there's very much of that, or at least I didn't think there was enough of that in the first Deadpool film, or if there were, I mean, it's not like I sat there and actually counted them, but I will say that the in-jokes in this movie were funnier. So having a Martha joke, I don't really care about the, the so dark, you must be from the DC universe joke to me, like, that's too obvious, but the Martha joke is a little bit, to, you know, it's too on the nose of what the pun is to, to, for that joke to really work if I'm critiquing the comedy. But the Martha joke I thought was pretty good. Uh, like the the more meta, like X-Men joke, having all of them like hiding in a room Ugh, so he doesn't that hear was, them. That, like, was, that was good. Like, that, that was, was good. you know, that stuff is hilarious. And then like the other, although one joke that they should have cut out was the, hey, big guy, son's getting real low. You can't make fun of Marvel after they already made fun of themselves in Ragnarok. Like I don't, I'm surprised after Ragnarok came out and that joke was not only something they said once in Ragnarok, but multiple times 
being that, mm. and I'm surprised they kept that in Deadpool too. Not because it's not their place to make fun of the MCU. They totally can. That's not me being like, oh, I love the MCU and I hate Deadpool for making fun of it. <laughs> it's not that. It's not that at all. Like, make fun of it in other ways. Like, because there's other jokes they did, like the Thanos joke, the Black Widow, you know, the Black Black Widow joke. That was hilarious. Beats. That was like, good. So all of that stuff to me is is fine. Like, I want them to make fun of the MCU. I want them to make fun of everybody. My criticism of the joke is someone just told it so get it out (laughs) like you know thor ragnarok was released in november so they had several months to be like oh let's have deadpool say something else to juggernaut because you can just fix that with adr you don't even have to go in and reshoot that just get new just or take any other joke that because i'm sure uh ryan reynolds gave them multiple versions of of jokes he could be saying to juggernaut at that moment um, and I got plenty of things to say about Juggernaut, but we'll get to that um, really, really quickly. You know, um, I read that Ryan Reynolds worked on jokes for the ADR up until the very last second. That's of what he, yeah, the, I believe the the writers did say that, or maybe he said that. Mm-hmm. He also did the voice of Juggernaut, which I did not. He did. Know. Yeah, he's the voice of Juggernaut. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and, 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 really, and really quickly, as, as far as yeah. the sun going down joke, I just want to say, I just got to say that. It didn't bother me as much because I felt it was very like quick. It wasn't like oh yeah 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 no my it, look I'm I'm spending way more time on it than it deserves because it's not like I was no like, MCU podcast <laughs> that's just that's just me critiquing the 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 joke of like you know like yeah. if you were a stand up comedian and like the comedian who went on before you <laughs> like told a joke you were going to tell you'd be like shit I can't tell that joke uh, you know like that's just the way that I would. And that's just the way that I look at it. But anyway, um, but I still, the overall style of the humor, though, is what I actually really appreciated about Deadpool 2. And then the whole mid credit scene and doing the whole, and, and fixing X-Men Origins Wolverine, shooting Ryan Reynolds before he makes Green Lantern. Like, all of that stuff is, that's the kind of stuff I want from Deadpool. So that's why I actually enjoyed this movie a lot more. I thought this movie was a lot funnier than the first Deadpool. Um, mm. But that's why I think I've, I've seen a lot of different opinions amongst fans. Now, general audiences seem to be okay. I mean, we'll talk about box office later, but I mean, he got an A cinema score. So the people who really wanted to see it on Friday night, like they apparently got what they wanted based on the, the feedback that they gave. So I guess that's good news. Um, but yeah, I've seen a little more division amongst fans of like people who maybe liked the first one but didn't like this one so much or or uh, you know or just think the other one was better but it, that to me I uh, I I'm not surprised that there are differing opinions on like Deadpool versus Deadpool 2 and you know and vice versa like I'm not surprised about that because it's comedy and I never disagree with people more on any movie genre than comedy because jokes either register and land with you or they don't there's not really middle ground with comedy and so that's why because that was my biggest letdown with deadpools i could have forgiven it for the super basic origin story with a revenge plot i didn't really care about that i wasn't going into deadpool the the first film hoping for a completely original story that i'd never seen before i wanted a really hilarious style laid over that story that I had never, you know, seen before. And so I just wanted to really laugh and I didn't laugh as much as I thought I was going to with the first Deadpool with Deadpool two. I laughed a lot, 
But conversely, somebody else may have laughed more at the first one than they did at the second one, and that happens with comedy. So it's that's why I, I don't I don't really worry too much about any wide ranging differences of opinion on this. But it's an interesting point that you brought up about whether or not this movie really earned its R rating, and mm. I feel like the first film probably earned its, its R rating more than this one did. Yes, because. They incorporated more of those R-rated elements into the first one than they did this one. Uh, a lot of the jokes and a lot of the humor, if you just remove the F-word and just remove a little bit of baby nudity, like, you could, like, you, and, and even that scene, like, you could just tone it down, like, a bit, and you could keep it. Yep. So, I don't think there's I, – I would agree with you that this one is probably even a better illustration of why Deadpool doesn't have to be R-rated than the first than, – than even the first Deadpool, which I also argued at the time didn't have to be R-rated. Yep. But all that actually I think bodes well for the long-term future of the franchise, but that's where we get into like – patreon credit scene territory but anyway ah. uh but anyway no i i agree with you though i think it's a good point i actually hadn't considered that yet as, as in terms of whether or not this film earned the r rating yeah th this you know you brought up some great points too sean and i i have to say that this movie you know if i had to pick between the two i probably i probably would pick this one only because it's got cable domino mm -hmm. and you know it has a little more connection to the m to the actual like x-men characters and than even the first though it's not one very does. good it has colossus versus juggernaut yeah hey, no, exactly exactly and <laughs> thank you and so to me it was like if you had to choose between the two, I would choose that one, this one, you know, it just because again, I got to realize too, that the night, the early nineties is, is my, the dawning of my superhero Marvel zombiedom. You know, I, I mean, in the early eighties when I was born and, and growing up, you know, I love Spider-Man and stuff, but it was literally, um, the mid nineties when, or the early nineties when I, when I really like went away from my brother, he kind of grew, he slowly grew out of it. And I just grew into it more and more. And the X force characters and Deadpool and, and, and X-Men in general were my bread and butter along with Spider-Man. So I have a huge connection to these characters and I love, I love these characters. So I, I that's why I would choose them. You know, I would choose this one over because of those, the characters that are in it. Um, you know, I, it was just funny. We were talking about the mid credit scene and I have to say that's, I think that's the best part of the movie <laughs> to be quite honest. It's I, that I, one or the, it's that one or the opening credits again with the whole like James Bond setup with the Celine Dion song. Not because they, not because they repeated the joke of the first movie where they like just did puns instead of actual yeah. opening credits. Although the one where brought to you by one of the guys who killed John Wick's dog was hilarious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there was some fun. There really was some funny stuff with that that I, I enjoyed. So, yeah, to me, it's either the the James Bond-esque opening or the mid credit scene. Probably the mid credit scene. <clears throat> I love both, yeah. though. They, those things, those parts both had me cracking up. Yeah, the, the mid credit scene, I, I feel like it just was... It just felt... I don't know. It just felt fresh. It was just... It's the best part. I mean, there's some good parts in the movie, but... You know, yeah, I just felt like that was probably the, the time I enjoyed it the most at the very end. And not because it was it, it was it was ending. It was because it was really funny and it was like really it was on the nose. And I don't know, like there was like I said, I, I liked Juggernaut a lot in this movie. I know I know he was kind of played for, you know, for, for jokes and whatnot. And 
that makes sense. I love the fact he's in his yellow jumpsuit the whole time, but he's on his helmet. Oh, I hate that, man. Like, no, no, I, I, no I, I hate it. I hate it. I hated. The, I, okay, well, See, I unless, unless unless Deadpool would have made a joke of being of like the fact that he's not was, wearing his full costume and been like, "What is this Netflix?" Like, yes, if he had no, made, no, yes, if, if yes. they had made a joke about it, like, "Oh, we can't afford his real co- like his whole. We can't afford to do his whole costume." Uh, then it would have been funny, but like now I'm just like, eh. I mean, the helmet's great. I, I love the helmet, great, and I'm, yeah. I'll forever be grateful to Deadpool 2 for at least giving me a proper juggernaut helmet. I just wanted the rest of the damn costume. Well, I, I did, and you know me, I'm a huge costume guy, but the reason I liked it, I thought it was funny, is mostly because tongue in cheek, like, oh, yeah, because they can't afford to put the whole thing in there so they put him in a yellow jumpsuit to make it easier to animate and all that stuff mm-hmm. so i mean that's and that's why i thought it was funny it, it was mainly because of that i was like you know but you're right it was a missed opportunity to, to joke about that and say couldn't get the whole costume fox you know i mean so that that would have been funny it was i had no idea ryan reynolds was a voice of juggernaut that's pretty hilarious uh but yeah, like and also like the fact that Juggernaut says, you know, why do you wear that helmet? And he goes, my brother doesn't read my mind. And he goes, oh okay, <laughs> <laughs> or something along those lines. I yeah. thought I laughed out loud. I was one of the only people that laughed out loud when he said that. And uh, yeah, I thought I, it, it was cool. I, and seeing Colossus versus Juggernaut was a dream come true. That is like, that's like the ultimate X Men comic book nerdum to me, and my, for me anyway, because I've always loved the Juggernaut. Always, yep. I've always just for some reason loved the costume. Like sounds like you do too, Sean. He's my favorite uh, X Men villain. Yeah, no, he's he's it one of them. For doesn't make sense because there's not much there. But damn it, I I love him. Still want uh, probably probably top at, at least top three like Marvel villain character designs. I just I've always loved the look of Juggernaut. Yeah, too, it's that's so funny. They I've always loved that character, and yep. I gotta say you, you I was get to put, like. I would play. I would like die and play the first level of the X Men arcade game over and over again because Juggernaut shows up in there. He shows up again later too, but like you got to work for that. So I, <laughs> yeah, it's too much work. You just see him at the end. You're like, yes. And who was I? Colossus. Yeah, <laughs> not, not Wolverine. Colossus. See, and also it was a little bit of a bummer. Is um, the character Black Tom in the movie? In he's connected to Juggernaut. They're like best friends in the comic books. So. Having Black Tom, I was like, oh, like I, I didn't know Juggernaut was in the movie. I, they did a great job of kind of keeping that quiet, and I'd kind of heard whisper. I kind of seen things here and there talking about Juggernaut. I was mm-hmm. like, but I just kind of ignored it. And then when Black Tom showed up, and they kind of foreshadowed this, you know, thing, and I was like, oh, is that Juggernaut? I'm like, oh, Black Tom with Juggernaut. That's that's a classic. Like that's awesome. And then they killed Black Tom. I was really, I was, I was kind of devastated about that, to be honest, because I've always liked Black Tom and Juggernaut. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought that that was cool. I mean, and and it was really, it was cool to see. It's it's really ironic that Deadpool w- franchise would give us Colossus versus Juggernaut, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Over any X Men movie, of what six, seven X Men movies we've gotten. I mean, that's pretty weird and uh, disappointing. But but no, it also bodes well that when they eventually do Juggernaut again at some point, he'll look awesome. So mm-hmm. that that is that is the one thing you could say. And now it makes the X Men uh, Vin, Vinnie Jones version look even more ridiculous. <laughs> so. Oh God. <laughs> That's not that's not juggernaut. I don't care what they call it. I know, <laughs> but, well that's and and so I was happy to see Juggernaut and but am I still completely satisfied of seeing Juggernaut on screen? No, I'm not because 
His power is literally once he starts moving, you can't stop him. And the son of a bitch doesn't run once. (laughs) (laughs) Juggernaut needs to run. It's what he does. Like, I wanted to see him run through a wall, like put his head down, you know, like he did in X-Men The Last Stand, just with a proper costume and not looking like a complete idiot. Like, (laughs) you know, or run at Colossus, like during the fight. And that's why, like I said, the... It's the thing of oh, there's Colossus and Juggernaut kind of fighting in the same frame. So I'm ex- I'm I'm excited because I feel like that's the only version of it I'm gonna get. So I have to take it. But there's another part of me that's like, this isn't what it deserves to be. And uh, you know, especially because like Juggernaut should be running at Colossus and like just plowing into him, and then Colossus has to like recover and fight back. And like that's what I wanted a little more of in that fight, but that's where you can see that obviously Deadpool was spending its money elsewhere. And I get it because the, sh- the the movie is not Colossus versus Juggernaut. It's not even an X-Men movie. It's a Deadpool movie slash sort of X-Force movie. And so I get it. And no, I'm not offended that Juggernaut had a lot of humor because I, I understand that Juggernaut as a character is kind of ridiculous. And so there's going to be a fair amount of making fun of him. I wasn't even offended that he got electrocuted up his ass. And then, of course, he is still alive, though. He's getting out of that pool at the end of the movie. But um, so I, I'm not ups- I'm not offended by that as a fan of the character. I just want it. If I could have just seen him run at least one time uh, th- and, and also get more of his actual costume, then I would have been happy uh, if the- but uh, I would have been I would have been like, OK, that's as much juggernaut as I'm going to get. But the fact that he's still alive is like, well, maybe he could be. I heard somebody suggest maybe he gets to be a member of X Force. Fine, I'm cool with that. Like, if we can get more Juggernaut, that would be awesome. Um, but there's another part of me that's like, look, if we don't ever get any more Juggernaut from this, maybe one day Marvel Studios will throw me a bone and like finally <laughs> handle that character properly. But probably not, just because at this point it just gets increasingly difficult to take him seriously. But um, yeah, anyway, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the the story of this one, because even though there's not really a, there's not one villain in the story, you know, no. it kind of starts out as uh, the Essex house a little bit, and that comes back into it, but, uh, you know, it's not, but it's, they're still not really set up, I mean, they're set up as very bad people, but they're not really yeah. the villains that Deadpool is going after, and well- then... But, and, and, as, and Essex is like is Mister Sinister. Yes, it is. Like, yeah. And so, I, maybe if they would have tied into there a little bit, but like, there's nothing hinting at Mister Sinister. I th- I it's an Easter problem, egg. Yeah, I, but I think the problem. Well, I, I think it's an Easter egg that sets up X Force. Frankly, I mean, I think. Oh, that's, okay, okay. If we ever get an X Force movie, <laughs> yeah. but more on that. Yeah. So. Uh, but anyway, like I actually think the story was pretty good. I, I know I've seen like uh, you know we t- I talked about it on the superhero news show with Mark about some of the Vanessa stuff and you know whether or not killing her to create motivation for Deadpool. Like I understand like that whole fridging thing from comics and other mediums is like I understand that it's an issue. Uh, but as I said on that show, like it's it's not something I totally love that they had to go about it that way, but. I still feel like the story they told with it was really good. And so I actually think Ryan Reynolds gave a proper performance in this. He wasn't just, he wasn't just wisecracking. Like I actually, I 
it wasn't just the jokes I liked better in Deadpool 2. I liked this story better uh, because I felt like it was something that that not all superhero movies kind of already do, that we don't have an entire subsection of superhero movies like we do with origin stories that all kind of have very familiar beats. I thought that this one put Deadpool in a very interesting place where he was... Uh, where he was dealing with uh, like the fact that he can't die, you know, the fact that he can't kill himself, the fact that he can't like reunite with Vanessa. Like, I really thought that was interesting, and and having him go through that sense of that grief, the loss, the guilt, um, I thought that put things in an interesting place. But then also the idea of you know what did he and Vanessa wanted want to do? They were right before she died. They talked about starting a family, and Deadpool finds his own family by. Uh, by the end of the film obviously it's not a traditional family but it is a family nonetheless and probably the the best kind of family that someone like Deadpool could probably hope for so I thought that was interesting to do with the character and then bringing in like I enjoyed Josh Brolin as Cable Zazie Beetz was awesome as Domino and so now I can reveal the part that I knew about from Deadpool 2 that I kind Mm. of teased vaguely on the show (laughs) a while back Mm. Uh, I knew that all of that, that those X-Force characters were going to die. Uh, yeah. I knew that they were going to die, like, right as they were jumping out. And, like, I knew they were going to crash and die and everything. So I already had a heads up on that. And I will just say I am for it. I liked mm. it. Now, arguably, they're all still alive uh, because of the way uh, Deadpool turned back time in the mid credit scene, although <laughs> we only see him saving Peter. We don't see him saving anybody else. So maybe he left the other ones as dead. Uh, I don't, we don't really know what happened to them. But anyway, I just thought it was such a smart thing because to me, it is the kind of joke Deadpool should make from a more meta perspective. I think it's really funny that you have a movie that talks so much about we need to build, we need to put together our super team, and it's got to be people young enough to carry the franchise for 10 to 12 years and this and that, and then you kill them all because that's the kind of thing that Deadpool should do. Is like We all kind of understand that this is a thing that we do in superhero movies, and, and this is a Marvel Studios News podcast. This is a podcast that's based primarily for the, that, that exists primarily to discuss the MCU, so you know I don't hate that, but it's still something we can acknowledge about the genre and make fun of. Because that's what Deadpool does. And so I love the idea of Deadpool kind of making fun of this idea by killing everybody right away, making fun of this idea of the super team and the fact that, you know, a lot of movies, if, uh, you know, because not all, and plus not all movies have done it as well as the MCU in terms of earning the super team that have just kind of tried to throw things together really quickly to be about other movies and not necessarily the movie that everybody's in right now. And so, uh, and even though, although the MCU has had some missteps like that along the way. So I thought that was the perfect kind of joke for Deadpool to make. In fact, I actually was, when I first heard it, I was like, this joke is really funny, but this joke is going to be even funnier if they are not making an X-Force movie. Like I thought of to be like, no, that's not happening. Like we like, we're trolling you the entire time. Like, Drew Goddard is not writing X-Force. It's not happening. <laughs> like We all mm. just wanted you to think that. Of course, they still set up an X-Force at the end of the film. It's just a different roster. Uh, so, I mean, because you still have... If you have Deadpool, Cable, uh, Cable, and Domino, you have, you have X-Force. Like, you can still 
build a team around that. But of course, I don't want to be in the guy who spent like 10 minutes on this show whining about Juggernaut. I'm not here to say like you're wrong if you don't like this joke. Like if you're if you're a huge fan of Shatterstar or whoever, you know, or Bedlam or anybody else on the team that you wanted to have that you were a big big <laughs> fan of. Although, by the way, Brad Pitt being Vanisher is hilarious. That was funny. That yeah. was amazing. Uh, but so, like, I don't want to take away from anybody else. If you're a big fan of those characters and you and you're angry that they got shortchanged, that's totally valid. I'm not a big fan of those characters, so it's easy for me to sit here and just kind of laugh at, uh, to just kind of laugh it off uh, on the whole, like, on the joke of it. But anyway, I thought it was a smart bit, uh, and I thought it was the kind of thing Deadpool. Uh, I just think it's the kind of the style of joke that I wanted Deadpool to make, and I think it's a bigger joke than anything they did in uh, in the first film. So I liked it. The X Force thing was was a big surprise, and I I thought it was it was it was it played really well. The only thing, and I, and it's it's a very minor. Is I was a little disappointed that Shatterstar didn't get a little time to shine. But what's interesting is that again, the whole misdirection in the trailers, which I love, by the way, I'm mm-hmm. loving that new. That's the new thing that's going on right now. Um, you know, I thought we saw a little bit of a fight scene with them because again, you know, Shatterstar was in New Mutants 100. And was a part of that whole uh, X Force, you know, thing with Rob Liefeld, and I, I, you know, he's really interesting. I love the fact that they they totally, you know, I'm from Mojo World. I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, because Mojo World is where you know this big giant alien thing uh, named Mojo is. It's everything's on television. It's basically everything is one reality television. Like, and he runs the whole world. It's one reality show, and um, Shatterstar. Well, his is this is confusing, but basically, I, I believe that his father, Longshot, and is uh, he's you know he's a, he's in the X Men. Now, Shatterstar was in X Force. It was just a really cool thing to see. I always liked the the character design and and everything. And I was a little bummed out that he that 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 whole joke. He was a sacrifice of that joke, and we probably won't get get him in an actual X Force movie anytime soon, if they even do make the X Force movie. And I think the reason they put him in there is because they know they're not going to use him. He's too he's too confusing of a character unless you rechange everything. And I'm not sure like how interesting he is essentially with his power and his swords. So I feel like that he was like kind of a sacrificial lamb, if you will, for a joke. And that's fine. And I, that's fine. I was a little disappointed, but I do like the fact that they, they kind of made him, you know, they, they were totally doing the Mojo world thing uh, for him. But yeah, like the other characters um, like Bedlam and uh, Zeitgeist, I've never heard of in the X-Men. And I, and, and again, I have read a lot of X-Men. I know a lot of the X-Men characters and, and a lot of the, you know, X-Factor, all that stuff. And, you know, and up until probably about, I'd say five, six years ago, I've kind of really dropped off the face of the earth with X-Men because Marvel really screwed them up. Um, but that being said, I don't remember these guys at all. And I'm not, I'm, I actually, I'm actually researching right now. Are these actually X-Men they characters? They are. I'm looking for them. So it's, uh, I yeah. So the fact that they yeah, died Zeitgeist right away was like the X Force like 2.0. He was like the second generation of the team. Oh, was he part of the um? Oh, what's his name? Mike Allard. Was he part of that? Uh, sure. I'm seeing first appearances. X Force number one sixteen, July two thousand one. Ah, uh, okay. It's got yeah. He's got to be the Mike Allard, uh, Peter Gilliam, uh, run. Bedlam showed up in Factor X number one, March nineteen ninety five. 
Oh, he so he's part of the um, um, age of Age of Apocalypse. I would imagine so. Yeah, that, uh-huh. yeah, because Factor X, yeah, is the four issue miniseries of that. Little uh, Marvel knowledge for little you guys. Out there. Know, just gonna oh, drop a little thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys know it. You guys know it. <laughs> oh, so yeah, the Bedlam Brothers. Okay, yeah. So this is definitely from the Age of Apocalypse. So he's not even part of the real timeline of from. Uh, you know, so yeah. they totally went obscure characters are never going to use. And, and I guess Shatterstar fit that mold. So very interesting. Know. Although Shatterstar is a more legit X-Force character yeah. to yes. do that too. And so um, I think that's that's the only one that I think people are going to care about. I don't think people are going to care Agreed. about Zeitgeist, Bedlam, or Vanisher. <laughs> but, you know, if they can bring Shatterstar back. Like this is Deadpool. Nothing sticks. All right. So, I mean, very clearly like Deadpool, even the writers kind of admit, like when I read a spoiler interview with them where they were like, Hey, where somebody asked them like, Hey, so basically Deadpool undoes the entire movie <laughs> like in the mid credit yeah. scene. And they're like, yeah, well, if you don't think too hard about it, it's like, well, you don't have to think that hard about it at all. <laughs> I don't, I mean, technically we don't see what all he undoes. He obviously doesn't undo the entire movie because then, uh, you know, things don't work out for cable, so he just picks certain things. But he promised Peter he would keep him alive. So my interpretation is actually that he only saved Peter. Uh, but hopefully he also at least saved Shatterstar, because that is a character that I think would be cool and that people would enjoy, uh, uh, and, and people would enjoy seeing. But anyway, uh, just talking a little bit more about, uh, you know, the structure of the film in, in terms of having a villain it just kind of cycles through different antagonists. Like Cable is set up as the initial antagonist of the film. And uh, because obviously Cable wants to kill Firefist, AKA Russell, who, by the way, I love Julian Dennison. I thought he was funny in this movie, but just speaking of repeating jokes, some of his lines are almost, they're not quite, but almost word for word out of Hunt for Wilder people. And I thought the same thing, the whole Tupac Biggie thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you Tupac, I'm Ice Cube or something like that or whatever. And I'm just like, guys, come on, write new stuff for him. Like, yeah, poor I, kid. I'm sure he can do other stuff. Like, don't just be like, hey, we liked him as that. It's like he didn't need to be Ricky Baker in this movie. Like, they could have done some other stuff with him. That's the kind of stuff where, again, if if you're just repeating jokes that other people have told, I, I, I'm sorry, I have to call that lazy. So. <laughs> Uh, but again, it's not something that happens all over the movie, but it happens in a few places where I'm like, eh. uh, but anyway, <laughs> so like having setting up that antagonistic relationship between Deadpool and Cable because, and Deadpool has, or I'm sorry, Cable has obviously a valid reason for wanting to kill him. Like this is the guy who grows up to be, to, to murder his family. So certainly we understand that, that Cable has valid reasons but that obviously puts him at odds with deadpool and so having cable serve as an antagonist not necessarily a villain through the through pretty much the whole second act of the movie i think that works and then when it comes to having a villain at the end it's i mean juggernaut's there as a villain but primarily it's just more about uh you know saving the soul of this kid so he doesn't start you know going down this path that's going to lead him to being a huge villain in the future and so I think that's all valid storytelling to do. And, and and so when people say like there's if people ask like, well, who's the real villain in this? Well, nobody. And I think that's okay, because I actually think that breaks from formula. 
if you, because I, I think Deadpool 2 still manages to tell a pretty good story without having some of the more conventional elements of a superhero movie plot. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's the kind of thing that the first Deadpool movie did not do. The first Deadpool movie had, I'm sorry, what's his name played by Ed Screen? I don't even, what was his name? The name of the villain in that? Francis? Oh, uh, was it a- is it Ajax? Was it yeah, that? Ajax, but I think his name's Francis, right? Because that's what Deadpool kept calling yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so like, who, I, I mean, I didn't care about that. I didn't care about Deadpool's final fight with that guy. Uh, to me, he's just super generic British villain. <laughs> like, I didn't <laughs> care about that. And so, because that was just all paint-by-numbers superhero movie plotting. This, I felt, told its own kind of story. And the kind of thing where it isn't so much about Deadpool having to gear up to fight a villain. It's more of Deadpool having to save somebody and prevent them from becoming a villain. And I actually think that's different and it, it subverts your expectations. And that's the kind of those are kinds of things that Deadpool should do. Deadpool doesn't have to be part of the traditional superhero movie structure. He's supposed to be making fun of it and then also kind of doing his own thing. And that's what I think he does. Uh, largely in this film, that doesn't make Deadpool two perfect. It doesn't. I'm not saying that Deadpool two is one of the greatest superhero films of all time, but I actually think it's a pretty good movie. Uh, in fact, I, I I do think it's a significantly better movie and more entertaining and funnier movie than the first one. Yeah, like like I said, it's you know the first one, and I, for to reiterate, the first movie just wasn't didn't really do it for me. And I remember I bought it on Blu-ray, just like you, Sean. I buy most of these superhero movies, um, specifically the company ones like DC and Marvel. Um, but I bought it on Blu-ray. I popped it in. I watched it with the commentary, um, thinking that would be interesting. It sadly wasn't. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was just funny because I just didn't. I, I'm like, cool, haven't seen it since. I've seen it two times, and I've never – I've had no desire to watch it again. I know I'll watch it again probably a few times here and there over the next couple of years, maybe. But, like, I have right now – like, eventually I want to do – maybe we can do it for the show eventually. But, like, do a massive X-Men rewatch or something like that. And Because uh, I have a timeline or um, it's like a, I use Days of Future Past to basically, like, just revert everything. You know, mm-hmm. and Deadpool takes place after Days of Future Past for me. It, it, I know it years wise it does, but I mean, like, so first class happens and then Days of Future Past and then it reverts everything after that. Um, so Logan obviously falls into that as well, which is cool. I think it's, it's, it's it'd be a fun thing to do. But uh, anyway, I'll do a massive X Men rewatch one day and that'll be a part of it. But, you know, I just, yeah, it's, I have no, I have no desire to see it. And Deadpool 2, again, falls in line where i'd maybe watch it just because again cable domino juggernaut that really is it the story didn't grab me the story like like you nailed it i I couldn't say it better myself the ricky baker stuff and i'll you know i forgot the kid's name but you know from it it felt like he was they just emulated ricky baker Mm -hmm. and it's sad it was a little bit of a bummer i'm like man that's sad because kid's a good actor you can tell he is he's great Mm -hmm. You know, and maybe he's playing himself. I don't know. But either way, you know, it, it was a little it was lazy. I, mean, I, I, I felt like I wouldn't have minded if he was still Ricky Baker esque in terms of his attitude, but give him new lines. Right. Just yes. Do that, please. Yes. And so I yeah, the, there's no there's nothing really, you know, this 
Killing Vanessa was surprising. I that hoped, was. I hope Taika got a check. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, I really you know, hope that Taika got a check. I don't think so. But but yeah, and that's the thing too. Is like the whole movie gets re, re, redone in the credit scenes, which makes it again makes the credit scenes so hilarious. It's so perfect because mm-hmm. they they tug on the heartstrings for like oh I lost you Vanessa, and then the mid credit scene oh I fixed a time travel device. What are we gonna do with it? Oh I'm gonna write a few wrongs or whatever. And then he, <laughs> It's like it's so ridiculous. It, it makes it, it may it almost makes up for the fact that it was it was a paint by numbers a little bit for me, like with the whole like love story aspect. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it was. I like again, like I said, I think it's more enjoyable for me. I'm not sure. I, and again, I'm really curious what the main the, what the mainstream audience and the big, you know, newer Deadpool fans think because it's. I think it's a, a bit of a. A bit of a tonal shift, in my opinion. Not a 100% tonal, tonal shift, but a little bit of a one. Mm. I think people are, are liking it. I think it's, I mean, the, the cinema score was was really good with an A. Uh, I think, like, in terms of Rotten Tomato score with critics, it's about the same. I'm not sure. I've got to check the Metacritic because it's a little bit better in terms of what critics overall think. But, um, yeah, because I think right now, I'm trying to double check the Rotten Tomatoes, but, like, I think last I checked, it was at like 84%. So, yeah, I'm still seeing 84% fresh on the on the second film. And I'm trying to look up the uh, first one. Let's see. Anyway. Uh, oh, and that was like 83%. So, you're pretty close in terms of Deadpool and Deadpool 2. Uh, in terms of their Rotten Tomato scores. And I'll start looking mm-hmm. up Metacritic as well. But, like... Yeah, I mean, I, I think the reception is going to be pretty similar, and even the box office right now looks pretty similar because Deadpool two got out to a faster uh, start. Oh, and look at their their Metacritic scores: Deadpool sixty five, Deadpool two sixty six. Like, wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for the most part, people are just seeing it as more of the same, which I actually think is a little underselling Deadpool 2, but I guess that's that's maybe the best case scenario because most people liked the first movie more than I did. So at least it, it seems like people, generally speaking, people are liking this movie about as much as the other one and then the uh, as, as the first one because like the box office for the opening weekend, we're recording this on Saturday morning, so the opening weekend estimates are still fairly early, but I mean it did... 18.6 million on Thursday night preview showings, which broke the record for uh, for an R-rated Thursday night preview, which broke it by like $5 million over it. It was also a 50% uh, increase over Deadpool, the first Deadpool film's Thursday night, which makes sense because it's a sequel and more people saw the first one and liked it, so they were they had greater urgency to come in and, and watch the second one. Uh, but then it's overall Friday, though, which include Thursday night previews, it did not stay 50% ahead of the first film, it, but it still did better. I think the first film did like 47-something on its Friday, including the Thursday night showings. And then I think this one they were reporting, it's like 53-point-something million for uh, for Friday. And they're projecting right now about 132.2 million for the weekend, which is which would actually come in a little bit under 132.4 uh, of the first film, but we don't know. I mean, by the time you hear this show, there could be, you know, more updated numbers that, that it either comes in, maybe, maybe ultimately still comes in above the first Deadpool movie or a little bit below. But I was saying this to people when some of the first box office tracking came out with Deadpool too, before it like bumped up to like 150 million, 
as like the high end, you know, when people are thinking like, oh, 100 million or 130, a little bit of a drop for a sequel is actually pretty normal. We don't think of it that way in terms of superhero movies because a lot of times we do see growth from one film to the next, but a little bit of attrition here and there actually is fairly normal, so it's not really a bad sign uh, for Deadpool, even if it opens a little bit lower than the first one did, and even if the box office is uh, ends up being like it's it's total over its entire run, ends up being a little lower than the first one. That's okay as long as people are still liking the movies, because then you can still co- make a comeback. Uh, Spider Man Two didn't make the which is widely hailed as the best Sam Raimi Spider-Man film is the lowest grossing Sam Raimi Spider-Man film because like there's because one thing that Deadpool can't Deadpool 2 can't do it can't be brand new anymore like in the way that the first one was just so completely brand new or at least people thought it was so completely brand new I always disagreed with that but <laughs> it got credit for being so fresh and so original and so it took off and, and you know, it, it largely overperformed. So now you're just seeing, you may see with Deadpool 2 a little bit more of a correction to uh, the market in terms of what the market really is for, uh, for Deadpool movies. And so we'll have to see. And plus, uh, Deadpool 2 is coming out in a much more competitive time of year. Like, I know it's the fourth weekend, but people are still going and watching Infinity War. Uh, there was no, mm-hmm. and by the way, Black Panther is still in theaters. I know it's on Blu-ray, but it's still in theaters and still actually doing pretty well. Like that's ridiculous. It's still been in the top ten. <laughs> like, ridiculous. I don't know if it will be this weekend, but it was still in the top ten last weekend when it was already available digitally. So you see the uh, the level of competition, and then of course for its entire box office run, Deadpool two is now like right in the thick of summer. Solo, a Star Wars story comes out next week. And then uh, I don't remember what comes out the week after that, but then oh, I don't it know. slows down a little bit for uh, a couple weeks. It slows weeks. down for a little bit, but then it's like Ocean's Eight, Incredibles Two, Jurassic World Two, and or Jurassic World: Falling Kingdom. Sorry, uh, like Jurassic World: The Dinosaurs Are in the City Again. Uh, like you have Ugh. all this other stuff like coming out that's that's just stacking up. I mean, the first Deadpool came out in the middle of February, so it didn't really have a lot of competition. And then especially like. Everybody remembers the legs that that Deadpool movie had, and that's because it's similar to what Black Panther benefited from. Now, Black Panther was a better movie than Deadpool and obviously was going to make more money, should have been making more money as it did. But it also helps when you come out during a time of year where there are less movies to take people's uh, time, attention, and money. So I would never, I'm not going to be surprised if Deadpool 2 comes out uh, and doesn't make quite as much as the as the first one. And I won't even really take that as a sign of trouble, frankly. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm just really curious how, how, what kind of legs it has. Because, again, you brought up Infinity War and you brought up Star Wars. And it's sandwiched between those two things. It's going gonna, it's gonna to do well this weekend. But, again, with its R rating and the fact that you have Infinity War out there, that's just a monster. And then, again, it, granted, I know Solo doesn't isn't having, like, this amazing, amazing buzz. It's not doing terrible. Yeah, it's still Star as, Wars. Exactly. That's, and that's my point. Is it's still Star Wars, and it's still Han Solo, one of the you know most recognizable household names in in pop culture. You know, so um, to me, Deadpool two could get destroyed pretty easily, and I think the R rating might hurt it more than it than people realize. You know, and again, 
again, I'm, and you're more into this stuff than I am as far as box office and things like that. I'm not an expert by any means, but from my own eyes and my own, like kind of my own general feelings is that when you put something like Deadpool, an R rated movie out in February, that doesn't have a lot of competition, you know, the R rating, I don't know if it's going to hurt it, but now you put it in the summer prime time next to Avengers infinity war. And then you put it next to Han Solo. Mm-hmm. You're ta- I mean, that's going to hurt it. I mean, people who have, you know, like just want to eat again, just not, not even take the R rating out of the equation. You know, you could take your families to see both those movies. You can't take, you know, you can't take, if you do take your kids to see Deadpool 2, I'm not sure if that's good or bad. I, to be honest, I don't, I probably, and I don't have any kids yet, but me personally, I probably wouldn't care. I wouldn't have minded see taking a kid uh, taking a, a, a 11 12 year old to see deadpool 2 deadpool 1 yes i probably would want to would be like probably don't want to do that one this one yeah i this one though i don't i would i'd feel comfortable doing that like i'd be like yeah, yeah. i i could do that you walk out of the theater and be like watch your language <laughs> yeah no, and like whatever the violence i don't think it was that over the top necessarily either no, so it wasn't so to me, but but that being said, the R, this is where the R rating will, is going to hurt the movie, in my opinion. And we'll see. And we'll see if because maybe Deadpool's brand is so much stronger than I realized that all the dude bros will see it again the next week. And, you know, and then they'll be like, see it again, bruh. And they'll no, see they it again, man, because movie pass only look, covers you one time to see a movie. So we can't see it, bruh, only one time. So let's go see solo, bruh. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But like like I said, I'm very curious because we all I mean, we all know Solo's tracking for 150 million uh opening weekend. Take and I think under. it's a, You think uh, I we're going to argue we're going to debate on this one. I'm going to say it's going to go over. I think Solo's going to is going to well, do better than people it'll, it'll do better than 150 for the 4-day. It won't do cuz of ah. the weekend. It won't do better than 150 for the 3-day. I'm taking the under. Uh, okay, how about this? I'll take uh, under 100 million. No, or, no, 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 no. I'm taking under ooh, 150 for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Obviously, it'll do better than one. It should. It should better do better than 150 when you add in the the Memorial Day holiday. You think, will it do? You'll think. So you're thinking it'll go over 100 million for the three day. Oh yeah. No, it would have to. If it doesn't, if it doesn't go over 100 million on the three day, then it's not hitting 150 on the four. Day. No, no, understood. So you think it'll be like one, around 120 ish then? Yeah, like one. 135 ish. Yeah, I probably agree with that actually too, to be honest. And but then you I, get to like 155, 160 ish for the four day. Which, I don't. I didn't agree with like the because the tracking came on at like 170 for the four day for solo, and I'm like no. And then after seeing the movie, I'm like no. <laughs> Bastard. Gets I gave it a positive review, but it's not like you know people are not gonna. But like. You know, numbers like that come from people being like, oh, my God, that was awesome. Let's go watch that again right away. And I don't think it's going to inspire that type of reaction. It's not a bad movie, but it's not the movie that people are. Going I would to say like. the same thing about the about Last Jedi and it still made a billion dollars. Yeah, it still made 700, almost 700 million dollars or more than 700 million less than Force Awakens. <laughs> no, it did. But the, the, I that know. but again, I, I didn't I, I mean, know I never expected that, but I thought uh, you know, not to like completely derail this with Star Wars yes. box office, but I thought Last Jedi would get to 1.5, and that would have been a solid uh, performance. I think 1.3, what 1.3, whatever it was for Last Jedi, was 
uh, underperformance, but and, and especially they're a, a pretty fairly sizable drop domestically as well from Force Awakens to Last Jedi. I understand that. Look, nothing will ever be Force Awakens. Like you can't. I, I said that at the time when Force Awakens came out. Like, hey, that will not. Uh, you know, none of the other Star Wars movies are going to match this. Period. Forget about it. Uh, so I wasn't shocked to see that drop. But anyway, getting this back to Deadpool. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Like I do think that Solo is going to. Uh, so, but. Solo will still be a problem for Deadpool just because it is another big movie that pe- that some people will choose to go see instead of Deadpool, especially families, because you can take your whole family to watch Solo next weekend. You can't take, and the whole family's going to be together, right? It's a holiday weekend, so mm-hmm. you can take the family to go watch Solo, or you can actually take them to go watch Infinity War if you haven't yet, or go see Infinity War again. You can't take everybody to watch Deadpool 2. And that's why I think some people were probably just... I know I've, I didn't explain something that maybe some people were thinking doesn't make sense. Like, how could Deadpool 2 not make more on the opening weekend if it made more on Thursday night and it made more on Friday? And that's just because it is still an R-rated comedy. So people, the expectation is that it's not going to get a lot of support on... It'll still do well Saturday night, but... The matinee showings on Saturday, and then also the showings on Sunday. And Sunday's a big family movie day. Obviously, Deadpool 2 is not expected to do all that well on Sunday. And so, therefore, uh, that's why people think, like, you know, you have to get out to a fast start on Thursday and Friday for an R-rated comedy because you don't get as much back uh, over the rest of the weekend. You have bigger drops over the Saturday and Sunday than you do with other movies uh, when just speaking in terms of what's comparable. So that's why uh, Deadpool 2 right now, but of course by the time you're listening to this show, it may have exceeded the box office. But what doesn't seem like, what, what seems like a pretty safe bet at this point as we're recording this is that it's not going to have a huge leap over the first film. It may be, it may come up with a little bit more, a little bit less, but it's still going to be basically within the range of how the first film opened. Um, and that's, that's still a, that's still solid performance. It's still good performance. And so the, the issue is, is that we will probably see a little bit of, uh, a bigger drop in terms of the lifetime total of Deadpool 2. Uh, but I think some, I don't think that's really going to be as much of a side effect of people not liking the movie because clearly people seem to be liking it. It's just going to be more of a side effect of there's just more competition than there was for the first Deadpool film. So that's what's going to, you know, so that, that is yeah. ultimately what's, what's going to cost it. But anyway, yep. uh, so I, I, it sounds like we both at the very least liked this movie better yes. than the first yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say it's better. Uh, I, it was kind of still a mixed bag for me because just wasn't what I was a little, wasn't full surprised what I got. But I would say I enjoy it. I want to be very clear. I think I enjoy it more because of the deep connections to the X Men universe more than the actual story. Yeah, I mean, I, I like both. I liked the story, but I, I think my favorite part about it is that I I just liked the in genre and like meta humor is probably my favorite part of uh, of this film. So the mid credit scene. The the X Force bit, which I know will be controversial for some, but I still I like the joke. Um, and then of course the the opening credit sequence, but and I do like that the story to me is actually atypical of what we get in superhero movies. It may not be pieced together and executed in, in all the ways that I would like. It's not super tight. Like there are you know some gaps here and there, and and that. But 
I still appreciate that it was attempting to do something different with its story as opposed to the the paint by numbers origin that they did the first time around. So I appreciate that and give Deadpool 2 some credit for that. And more importantly, just I actually will watch this movie again. Like I actually am looking forward to watching mm. this movie again. I probably will go catch it. I'm not it's not going to be like Infinity War where I'm just going to keep going back, but I probably will catch this one more time in the theater and will uh and this time I won't begrudgingly buy the Blu-ray. I will happily buy <laughs> the Deadpool 2 Blu-ray and put it on like the day that I get it and have fun with it and I will probably go back to it even if I don't watch the entire film. At least this one has more scenes that I would definitely want to go back to uh and watch over and over again. So I think uh this movie was a, a much bigger win for me than uh, the first one was. I, I still wouldn't go so far as to say like I absolutely love it and it's up there as one of my favorite comic book movies, but I don't have that expectation or that requirement for every new comic book movie that it has to instantly be one of my all-time favorites because it's really hard to become one of my all-time favorites right now. <laughs> like the, mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of movies already on that list and they're, you know, excellent outstanding movies. It's a good problem to have as a superhero movie fan. Uh, but anyway, that's where we're going to wrap up our Deadpool 2 review. So we will have, as we usually do, a Patreon credit scene for this episode. And what we're going to focus on is, as I mentioned earlier in the show, we're going to talk about X-Force. How likely is that to happen? And it's really just part of the bigger conversation of where do we go from here in terms of bringing Deadpool into the MCU? Because the next it is actually possible right now that even though X-Force is out there as a possibility, it's also possible that the next time we see Deadpool uh, in a prominent role on the big screen, it actually could be in the MCU. So we're going to talk about all of that, and you can get all of that at patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News, where you can get that Patreon credit scene and all of our other ones for just a dollar a month. So again, patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News. You can keep up with us every day on the website, marvelstudiosnews.com, Facebook and Instagram at Marvel Studios News, and on Twitter at Marvel Newscast. Paul, where can they find you? Find me on Twitter at Herman22 with two N's. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Sean Gerber. Sean spelled S-E-A-N. So for Paul, I'm Sean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. 